Welcome to a bonus episode of No Reserves Radio. Uh, basically, we're just here because a new round of the playoffs is about to start, and it's the conference finals. It's a big one. So we wanted to kind of get our predictions in a little early before the game starts so that those games aren't swaying our positions. Um, tonight, it is only going to be Angelo and I. Austin is currently in the process of buying a house, so best of luck to him. But we do have his prediction here. But before we get into predictions, it's been a week in the NBA. I would. I don't even know where to start. Where, where, what do you want to start with here? Monty and whether that's a good decision or Monty. not. Okay, we can start with Monty. So the Phoenix Suns fired Monty Williams. Um, I'm just going to go straight on record and say I don't think it was a good decision. He's been the coach for, what, four years now? His uh-huh. first season, they didn't make the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. His second season, they went all the way to the NBA Finals. The third season was, I believe, was that the bubble season? No. 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 Uh, Western semis, and this season, Western semis. This is a team that was consistently finishing in the bottom of the West. They were 15th four years or three years in a row, 14th the year before that. The man helped turn the franchise around. I I just don't like this as as a personal opinion. I think that the Phoenix Suns made a mistake from an ownership and general management standpoint when they didn't try to ship out DeAndre Ayton when his value was actually higher than nothing. And then they doubled down on that mistake when the Pacers stupidly offered him that contract and the Suns decided, hey, we're going to match that. I think they just hamstrung themselves and they're trying to give themselves a scapegoat. And I feel like Monty Williams is that scapegoat for them right now. And I just, I don't agree with it. What's your opinion? So before I give my opinion, I have a question for you. Go ahead. Do you think... Um, DeAndre Ayton's effort or lack of effort when defending and rebounding against um, Stat Paddington, do you think that was the catalyst for his firing? No, I think that they needed a fall guy. I just think that DeAndre Ayton... Look, there are a few players in the NBA that they're unguardable, right? Um... There are some players that are unguardable unless your name is Al Horford, in which case you score 15 points in an elimination game seven. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, But I feel like a coach is only as, I don't want to say is only as good. A coach has the ability to be as good as the Mm -hmm. roster you give them. Now you're starting to sound like me. Go on, sir. Andre Ayton, I still feel is a quality NBA player. I think he has all the tools necessary um, to be a starting caliber center on many of the teams in the league. Center's not exactly a very deep position, but I do think he is one of the better ones. The effort is where I question um, DeAndre Ayton. And with ever since the rumors of trades going back to two seasons ago, he doesn't seem to want to be in Phoenix. And 
when the Suns matched the Pacers contract, there was the press conference where he was like, oh, I am so happy. Like, he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't care. He's not invested in the team. He's not invested in the franchise. This is your starting center that you're paying a lot of money. You can't fill that spot with someone else because you have that money tied up. It was a dropped ball by Phoenix Suns management, and now they're trying to shift the blame onto Monty Williams, and I just I don't think it's Monty's fault. I generally agree with that take. I think that the way the Phoenix Suns potentially view it is Monty Williams is the leader of the overseeing team. And the fact that they lost that series the way they did, because I don't know about you, but I think if we get a DeAndre Ayton from their, even from their finals run, I, I don't think the Nuggets pull that out. So I think the way they're looking at it is a what if and why would you want someone who can't motivate everyone encompassing on the roster? Honestly, I this just this just lowered my opinion of DeAndre Ayton stock even more. I don't I, think the I, man deserved to get fired. I think that that last view of Nikola Jokic dropping, you know, 40, 50 point games on a semi-consistent basis really stuck in their head. And I think that DeAndre Ayton's performance was maybe not the overall reason, but it definitely was the catalyst for that decision. Yeah, I I think that I I don't think that's wrong to say that as a coach your job is to make the people that don't want to be there want to be there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, once that ship has sailed, you know it's done, right? Yeah. So these are your pieces, you make something happen. But there are other moves I would have made first. I do think Aiton's value is at an all-time low, but that kind of brings the question if you are the Phoenix Suns, are you shipping or shopping DeAndre Ayton? And what are you hoping to get back? Because, again, he's not exactly the highest valued player right now. Though no, he he's not. Play a very valuable position because, as we've said, the center position is relatively so, weak. It is very weak. And that's what I'm, I was going to go to next. This is going to sound hot, but I think DeAndre Ian is a talented individual and could be a very, very good center in the NBA. I do not think what we have seen from DeAndre Ian, at least recently, is reflective of his talent. I think that, I really do think, like, a decent backup center would have done them better in that series than, than what Ian gave them. Absolutely. Aiton was, I'm not a Suns fan in any way, shape, or form, and I felt embarrassed for them based on his performance. His desire to be, it was just painful to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, the more I'm thinking about it, they're going to have to sell low. And with the Warriors blowing up the franchise with, well, in, in our perfect world, um, have we talked? We didn't talk about the Warriors. Last, we'll talk about the Warriors real quick in a minute. Yeah. But in our perfect world, the Warriors basically are calling it quits on this era, right? Oh, I don't know Aiden, if you saw that, but Draymond Green kind of hinted that it's not the case just yet. But anyway, go on. Sorry. I mean, 
Captain Draymond is Draymond. That's fair. But I don't think the entire core of the Golden State Warriors is returning next year. Like, they cannot just say, okay, we got beat by an old Lakers team and an injury-prone Lakers team. Let's run it back. They have to make a change. Kevon Looney is a serviceable player. Yes. But DeAndre Ayton on that team, that's something that I've been thinking about today for some reason. I think that would be a really good fit, Steph, with Ayton. Because I think, I don't have the stats right in front of me, but I think Ayton had decent pick and roll stats. I mean, he was playing with Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and they're both really good in the pick and roll. But yeah. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a place where DeAndre Ayton can thrive because the dude is only 24 years old. It's not like he's ancient past the point where he's going to keep developing. He still is young by NBA standards. Um, I don't know. Hopefully everything works out because I do like Ayton. Like from what I've I don't seen anymore. And, and not his on like him as a person, like everything. I've oh, seen okay. from him. Okay. I do hope he turns it around and becomes the player that we've all expected him to be. Um, I just don't see that happening in Phoenix. Outside of that, what else do you think Phoenix is going to do? Because obviously there's now the hole at head coach. My guess is that's going to be filled by Coach Bud. I think it's going to be kind of funny if... Coach Bud goes to the Suns, and then Monty goes to the Bucks. The Bucks, yeah. Um, I can't think of who else would be available. Obviously, we might still have more. Ironically players. enough, I think that kind of fits better because oh yeah, Coach Bud's unwillingness to make adjustments kind of works better when you have a KD and a Booker where you can just say, okay, here's the ball score. Yeah, and I think Monte's. A, his defensive philosophy, and B, his more willingness to adapt and change things would suit the Bucks because they really just have one superstar and just a bunch of very good pieces around it. So I think that would suit them better almost. Um, and besides that, like the only other coach I could think of potentially for Phoenix just got a deal in Houston. So um, outside of that, I I don't know. Okay, I'm not a Chris Paul fan. We all know that. But I'm yeah. saying this from an unbiased standpoint. I don't think bringing Chris Paul back would be the right move. Based on what I just saw in this playoff series, I agree with you. I just think at this point, he's definitely lost a step. To have yes. someone that's that much of a defensive liability in anything except, like, he's great in the passing lane still. He is yeah. still elite in the passing lanes, but one-on-one, -on -one, he's just uh, Swiss cheese. Um, obviously, you you do run Booker and KD back, but yes. I don't know. There's just not a lot they can do until they like until the Aiton question is answered. They're kind of running it back, right? So mm -hmm. I don't know. we'll see as the summer progresses. Um, next on our little docket here, let's go ahead and talk about Demetrius Morant. Oh, man. Um, you are more of the Demetrius guy. You're 
about to go on a little tirade. What he no. did was stupid. I generally agree with probably everything you're going to say. So just go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. It's like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm, I'm Demetria Stout. You're Demetria Stout. I, I, I don't have another Demetrius to give. Like, so here's the conundrum, right? Like, what's his name? There's a football player, Sauce Gardner. Yes, I love Sauce. So he tweeted at Demetrius and said, bro, everybody's got guns. You don't need to be showing it off on IG Live. Like, (laughs) all he had to do was not, like, in that split second, not pull out that gun. I get it. We live in the United States. If you are a legal carrier, whatever, that's fine. I don't care. He was, like, besides the waving it around like a toy, he was showing good trigger discipline. Like, I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is two months ago, the NBA and the Memphis Grizzlies put their necks out for you said your little two-day Airbnb in Florida fixed you when you were good now and you weren't going to keep living that life that you want to pretend you live. And now you've turned around and immediately done it again after doing the Jalen Rose interview, after the exit interview where you said that you have to be more mature, you have to be more responsible on and off the court. After you do all these things, you turn around and immediately, the moment you go on IG Live, you whip out the gun. And shout out to his friend. I don't know if this guy is either just mooching off Ja or if he's actually a good friend. The moment he saw the gun come out, he turned the phone and hit it. He tried to do his best. So that man deserves a raise if he's getting paid by Ja. Yep. But at this point... If you are Adam Silver and you've come out and you had your one-on-one meeting with this guy and you came out and said... That's for the whole season. Right. That's like David Stern would have. Because you... I, I don't know. It's the Jalen Rose interview for me. Like, I want to see... I haven't looked to see if Jalen Rose has said anything. I know Shannon Sharp has. <laughs> he did immediately. But of course, now the Memphis Grizzlies can't blame Dylan Brooks. Yep. They so, got ties with him. There was. I just, a... I'm going to give you some criticism, man. Because. Okay, I have been extremely tough on Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. Whether that's fairly or unfairly, you can debate. If Jokic did the things Ja did, I I, w- I wouldn't shut up about it. I think I think you might need to be a little more harsh on good old Demetrius, buddy, because because there, there's like I mean, there's like stupid and there's like advanced stupid and like you just yeah. you just you just gotta know you have to know that's not a good look based on events that happened previously and i just don't understand what the point of it is like why do you need to pull it out like what is the point just keep it in your pocket or in its holster whatever right. you're carrying it in why do you need to pull it out for that like i get that you're blasting nba young boy and all of his songs are about murder and also that's a great look let's just but why you know you're under a microscope. 
you have way too you just lost 39 million in incentives because you missed too many games to make an all nba team you have a wife at home and a daughter like grow up already it's just it's at the point of ridiculousness i really do hope either the memphis grizzlies or uh, nate silver just come down really really hard on this because they need to he deserves it you can't say he doesn't deserve it Uh, yeah and after that like i said that two-day little retreat where he did breathing exercises and now he's cured no no he just made you all look like fools jackasses like fool okay yeah (laughs) because you put they came out and said we're behind him. We support yep. him. He's seeking help. He's getting help. He's better. And now he does this. I, it's, I'll be very disappointed if the league doesn't come down harder on this. Which Woj just saying he's going to face a significant suspension. But I honestly... Entire season. Just put him... At least. Send him home for the entire season. Let him think about it. Does it again. It's a lost cause. We've had star players in the past who wash out of the league because they keep making terrible decisions. If he keeps making the decisions, it's on him. No one else. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm out of Demetrius's to give. Okay, hey, that's fair. <clears throat> um, so let, let's go ahead and uh talk about a precursor to one of the series we're about to uh. Oh, boy. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, Game 7. Boston Celtics, Philadelphia 76ers, TD Garden. Yep. I said, I did say if the Celtics won Game 6 and it went back to TD Garden, there was not a shot the Sixers were winning it. Okay. What I didn't expect... Is for Harden yeah. and Embiid to go completely silent. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of knew it. even like when at halftime when it was a three point game, and I looked yep. and saw that you know Harden hadn't like Harden had like nine points if I'm not mistaken. If I have, I was like, yeah, they're not winning this game. And then they got they got shellacked in the second half. Yeah, and Jason Tatum set a record for most points in a game seven. Like side note, Jason Tatum. I had above Embiid in my MVP race. And this is just kind of like what I've been talking about, like when I've been complaining about the fact that I don't think Embiid should have been the MVP. Yes, he had great games against some good teams. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm sorry, dropping 51 on the Hornets. I don't know if that was actually. He dropped a ton on the Hornets. It's not the same thing as destroying like the Celtics, which I think he did have 38 against the Celtics one night. But the point I'm making is if you only are looking at points in your discussion for MVP, this is what you end up with is a guy that's not going to be there in big games. And Embiid has never shown that he's there when it matters. And that is part of being MVP, in my opinion. And that is why I do not think he was deserving of the MVP. So let's... If you want to say, hold on, hold on. If you want to say, let me just go off on my tangent here. If you want to say Nikola Jokic should not have won the MVP because of the 
narrative or whatever. Absolutely. But then it should have been Jason Tatum because he was a better complete player. And then you you could argue Embiid is the third. I will I will give that. So go ahead, John, what are you saying? So the more I've thought about it, I know when we talked about Embiid winning MVP initially, you you really didn't like that because you feel it was a points-only based award, essentially. I want to talk about how the MVP award, to me at least, it's kind of meaningless because okay let me stop you all the awards are kind of meaningless but that's not i'll, I'll agree with that yeah i agree with that so I, I think the only one that kind of matters is defensive player of the year yeah because like very few people actually anyone would even say is eligible for that but no, so sorry so no. i understand mvp is an a regular season award it's not the playoffs are not indicative of the MVP, or at least they should not be indicative. When do they hand out that award? Uh, Middle of the first round. Middle of the first round or the start of the second round, yes. So, in an ideal world, would you not want to see whoever you give the MVP to to be in the middle of making a deep playoff run? Because you want to see that player. He just won the award. You want to see that player play and gives kind of a justification for why he won that award. Mm-hmm. Correct? The opposite, yeah. Yeah. So, voters, I think, A, kind of get narrative biased. B, they get tired of the same person winning because let's be honest, if the MVP was actually indicative of the best player, LeBron would have more. MJ would have more. I'd argue Jokic would have three. I would argue Giannis should maybe have more. So. Okay. So the only, because now you're, yeah, I'm thinking the only MVP, I think LeBron got cheated out of was the Derrick Rose season. And I think I agree with that. I, I think you can go either way that season. I don't think they made the wrong choice, but I also can see an argument for the um, LeBron side. Like, I, I think either of them could have won the MVP that year, and it would have been okay. Like, I think both of them were deserving, but unfortunately you can't have co-MVPs. Right. Sorry, I'm interrupting. Go on. <laughs> But do you believe that if the MVP, instead of being awarded in the middle of the playoffs, and maybe even all the awards at that point, got awarded at the conclusion of the playoffs, do you think that would, A, alleviate some of the pressure from the voters? Maybe they wouldn't be as, you know, skewed towards narratives and, you know, playoff runs and the best player and the best team always winning and... Stuff like that, or how how do you amend this? How would you fix this? I would just set clear, defined reasonings behind everything. Like, if you are going to have an MVP, right? MVP stands for Most Valuable Player, right? Yep. That should wholly be based on who is the most valuable player. It shouldn't be, oh, we're tired of seeing this guy, even though he was the best player this year. 
oh, this guy couldn't even get his team to the top, but he had a lot of valuable player. No. If you have another player on your team that could potentially be in that MVP conversation, how can you be the MVP? Right? Like, if you have two guys, okay, so say you have two players. Let's <laughs> let's call them Hames and... You can just say LeBron. AD and LeBron or Wade and LeBron or whatever okay. and LeBron you want to so, do. Or Kyrie and LeBron. If you have two MVP candidates on your team or two guys that could be MVP candidates, how can one of them be the most valuable player? Because so you... it's far more impressive that uh, Giannis is dragging that team kicking and screaming to the finals instead of having you know, James Harden drop 48 last night. Like, I just, I don't like that. I I think the MVP should be the most valuable player to his team. And I don't think that should be completely indicative of record. I think that if you have a, what's a good example? So, like, you could really, like, they were an eight seed or seven seed. You can argue LeBron was the MVP this season because he drugged that team's corpse kicking and screaming back to the playoffs. And then we have the playoff narrative that he's in the Western Conference Finals. At 38. And that's an MVP. Yeah. An MVP is not some guy that averaged 32 on a team with another guy that could average. I don't even know how much James Harden averaged this season. But I'm pulling it up while I'm talking. But you couldn't even get your team to the top of the conference, and all you contributed was points. And I mean, and rebounds, but you, you get what I'm saying. The MVP should be based on the most valuable player, period. End of discussion. Yeah, he averaged 21 points this year. God, James Harden fell off real quick. But he yeah, still like, he the... he can go off at any point for 45, 42. Right, and, and he then, did. Yeah. So I just, I don't like when we're awarding MVPs to people that I truly do not feel deserved it. And when you say, oh, it's because of narrative, that's when I have the problem. Because if we're just doing it based on narrative, you what's can, the point of the award? You can have... I'm not saying it's right. I'm just calling it no, for what it is. Are. I'm just saying, like, that's the point I'm making when I say he shouldn't have been MVP. You don't want it to be Jokic? Fine. But if we're going off narrative, why is it not Jason Tatum? Jason Tatum shows up when it matters, not just in the regular season. And yes, it's a regular season award. I get that. But if you do not show up in the playoffs ever in your career, why are you the most valuable player? Because Jason Tatum showed up. Jason Tatum didn't get locked down by 38-year-old Al Horford, or however old Horford is, 36. I don't know. Um, Warriors, yeah. Lakers. Yeah, go on. <laughs> so I have a concern. I do have a concern. Okay. So we we've had the conversation lately about the NBA fixing games. Mm -hmm. Yep. It feels 
not like they're necessarily I, I don't know where I'm going with this exactly, but the game six, the Sixers had like 14 or 15 calls that were made in error, right? Mm-hmm. The Celtics only had three. That's so even, like it's you're like, suggesting that maybe the refs wanted that to go to a game seven. Well, they 100 percent the the league wants game sevens. So that's more advertising revenue, like. Mm-hmm. But it it more feels like we have a league narrative forming. Okay. So, with the way the playoffs are currently structured, with the four that are remaining, right? Mm-hmm. There's a chance we're either going to get Boston versus LA, which is, you know, classic, but it also is who breaks the tie, right? Whoever wins this breaks the tie, and well, that might be LeBron. LeBron might break the Laker-Celtics tie. (laughs) Wouldn't that be a storyline? Or, on the flip side, you know how I feel about the Mickey Mouse ring. I do. Or, we're going to get Lakers heat Oh, look, justification for the bubble season. (laughs) Yeah, you're not looking. I'm not saying you're down bad, but you're not looking too good, buddy. (laughs) You're not looking too good. You don't foresee any possibility that the league wants one of those two outcomes. Because Boston (laughs) Lakers, definitely, they want that. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Regardless of fixing it, they want that. It's two of the biggest markets in sports. It's two teams that everybody hates, so everybody's going to watch. Yep. It's, we're at the end of LeBron's career. We're at the still start of Jason Tatum's career, which is insane to me. That kid is going to be special. Yeah. But regardless, Warriors, Lakers. um, I... I was I'm really disappointed with the supporting cast for the Warriors essentially oh, the whole series. Absolutely. Oh, oh, before we get into that because you said supporting cast, I, let's talk about the exit interviews for the Sixers because that oh, is no. You thought I forgot. So, the context does matter. So, it's going around now that Joel Embiid basically said everyone is at fault but him, which he did. But what he was talking about was more, can the team win in the future? That was the question, is can this team win with this lineup, right? So Hart, or not Harden, Embiid's response was, me and James can't win by ourselves, Basketball is played five on five. Everyone else has to up their game. So, Joel Embiid had 15 points, five for 18. He did. He did not, by my standards, he did not He did not show he was an MVP-worthy player. So, he, Tobias, he, Harris, he choked. Tobias Harris balled out that game. He did. Tyrese Maxey played a solid game. He did. James Harden and Joel Embiid did not play good. They did not. 
So why is Joel Embiid saying his teammates need to be better when he went five for 18? Now, I do want to ask you, should he have just taken more shots? Should he just have kept taking inefficient <laughs> shots? Is that what would have won in the game? In that exact situation, probably not. Oh, weird. Weird. Shooting bad shots doesn't win you games. Um, but that's Not that game. I, you're a leader of a team. That's what I was going to come at next. Yep. Like, Giannis, his exit interview, you know, he didn't blame his team, even though he 38 points, 20 rebounds in that elimination game. He came out and said, look, we've all got to get better, me, myself included. You think if LeBron gets eliminated next week, he's going to come out and be like, ah, D'Angelo Russell, it's his fault. No, no. he's going to say, we're, we're going to learn from it. We'll be back next year. Yep. You don't ever say, oh, it can't just be me. I'm the only one that's trying. That's that's not leadership, and you are the leader of that team, and I'm questioning the process now. I'm no longer trusting it. Questioning the, I mean, I agree with you. It was a very bad look on Embiid. He, I hate He's to say, always it, come across as pretty immature. I can agree with that. I just, I don't know. It it kind of solidifies the idea that the process kind of failed. At least, well, you could argue it's set up to fail, but the process has generally failed. And I don't think there is a championship in the 76ers future, at least when your guy at the top doesn't have accountability when... James Harden, you pay a max contract to, and he, and you're getting diminishing returns every year. And I actually don't think the supporting cast is the worst supporting cast that. Oh, absolutely! They not. Could I, have. Think, I think Tobias Harris is a great piece. I think Tyrese Max is a great piece. Yeah. Um. And of course, Doc Rivers is good at getting stuff out of. Phone. <laughs> yes. So. I don't think it's a terribly set up organization. I think they need to change the way they view themselves. I think they've gotten into their own heads. And here's here, I'll give you a spoiler alert. Had the Sixers won that game, I 100%. There was no debate. I was picking the Heat. Oh, 100%. I, I... So, which shows how much faith I actually had in the 76ers to you know, bring it home, but Embiid has, has to be a better leader. I think they need a better, I don't know if you want to call it culture. I don't know if you want to call it mentality, but whatever you want to call it, they need it. And here's here's the question. Do you think that the, uh, mastermind Sam Hinkie, do you, do you think there was more in his plans for the process? Yes. I, I not it only do I like think they, they, I, I am 99.9% sure there was another step that they just tried to skip over. Yeah. Cause this doesn't feel like a complete team and Sam Hinkie will never have another GM job in the NBA. It'll never happen. No, but what the man was setting up, like now that we're seeing it in fruition, yeah, he had some bad luck because Mark Fult suddenly couldn't move his shoulder the right way. Yep. Ben Simmons. I don't even know what happened to Ben Simmons, honestly. <laughs> I mean, teams figured him out, but 
at the same time, like he was always an elite defender and an elite playmaker, and suddenly he can't do either of those things very well. Um, Nerlens Noel, Jaleel Okafor, like these were players that five years earlier, and those are superstar players. Yeah. You can't defend the perimeter, and you're not really going to have a job in the NBA as a center. Nerlens Noel has turned it around, to be fair to him. He he has figured a, a niche role in the NBA. Um, and honestly, I think if Sam Hinkie would have been given time, he would have maybe even shifted his perspective to be more wing-heavy. Yeah. And again, like, he kind of got, like, Markel Fultz was the number one pick. He should have been the number one pick. And that summer, he had that, I forget what it's called, the syndrome with the shoulder where he, like, has a hitch when he tries to lift it now. And he went from being an amazing scorer to airballing free throws. So, bad luck on that part. But it does feel like Sam Hinkie had a bigger plan that the 76ers didn't follow through on. But we have talked enough about the 76ers now. <laughs> we have talked about Warriors, Lakers. I don't really have much to say on that series. It was, strangely, because it's LeBron and Steph, it was a quiet series. Like, the teams just kept their heads down and played, which was refreshing. Yeah. Well, for you, yeah. But... Um, but yeah, definitely. Like like I said in the group chat, if I'm Steph Curry, I'm calling for everyone's heads because they just... Behind closed doors. He was trying... No, I, he would be deserving. <laughs> <laughs> he would be... You think, he, you think if he came out and said, yeah, we, everyone just needs to go, you'd be okay with that? I wouldn't, but... <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd be okay with it, but he's definitely more... <laughs> My main problem with Joel is the fact that he went 5 for 18 in a game 7. He had 15 points. 15. Jason Tatum had that in one quarter. <laughs> That's my problem with Joel saying it. Like, if you're not, like, if Kobe came out after the 81-point game and said, I carried y'all, I'm fine with that. But if you're going to lead, lead by example, lead through your work. Don't slack off and then blame everyone else that actually showed up. That's the point for it. So Steph would never do that, but he should. <laughs> Behind closed doors because he does have the Mr. Clean reputation to maintain. Um, yeah, I think. The only... Really, the only piece I would want brought back Wiggins. I like Wiggins. <laughs> I like Clay, but I just Clay's not the same player, and he. I don't know. It, it's weird because it's the end of an era. This has been our villain team for so long. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, do you have much to say on it? Because I, I really do. I think the Warriors are about to go through a huge transitional period. I don't know exactly where that's going to end up. I'm confident saying I believe Steph's going to be back next year, but I'm not 100% sure on it. I If if you told me next what? year every one of that those core players are gone. You think? 
hold on, hold on. I, you think Steph is gone potentially? I don't think it, but it wouldn't surprise me too much if it did happen if they just opted to blow it up and try to start over. Because I think what their game plan was, the higher picks that they were using in the previous few drafts was going to set up the next step, and those draft picks have not panned out the way they hoped that that would pan out. Kaminga is pretty solid. The thing is, Steph, even if you're not winning, Steph Curry sells jerseys. The team has no reason to move on from Steph. The rest of the core, sure. Those guys aren't putting people in the seats. People are still going to pay just to see Steph. So from a team standpoint, there's no reason to move Steph. And unless he requested a trade, that, that man is there for life. <laughs> or if he leaves in free agency. But the team will not deliberately move on from him. That's just... That's a fairy tale. It's just not going to happen. There is no world in which the Golden State Warriors are like, you know what? We'll see you later, Steph. Have a good one. Have a nice time. Um, but yeah. So, are you ready to get into our predictions? Yes. Okay, so let's go ahead and start out west, because I think that's going to be the less controversial, because I think we know both of our picks. Mm-hmm. I know my pick. So I am taking the Nuggets. Okay. Oh, and we're going to make our predictions now, and we have Austin's prediction. We got that from him. We're yep. not going to really discuss our predictions until next week. Well, not next week, but Sunday, our normal episode. This is not a normal episode. This is a bonus episode. So we're not going to get into, like, a heated debate about this here. Okay. That will be as we talk about it on Sunday. Thursday, whatever, Friday, Friday, because, yeah. We're going to talk about Friday releases Sunday. Uh, that's what I was trying to say. Thank you. Um, So I have the Nuggets, and I'm going to say, here's the thing. Both of these series, I think, are going to seven games, so I'm going to say Nuggets in seven. Okay. I just don't think, again, I should have learned by now not to bet against LeBron. Hmm. But I just don't know who they're going to put on Jokic to slow him down. Like, you can say Anthony Davis, but Jokic plays an incredibly physical game. I still think Anthony Davis can give him the work. He can give him the work, but for how long? Because Jokic can go and go and go and go. Just physical, 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 physical. So, outside of that, who... I get, I. The Nuggets have a lot of weapons. So, I'm going to say Nuggets in seven. So, this actually took me a fairly decent amount of time to come up with, and I did actually go back and forth a few times because, as you all know, I am a... Well, you like to call me a LeBron stan. However... When these playoffs started, I predicted the Nuggets would make it to the NBA Finals. So I am sticking to that, and I am picking the Nuggets in six. Somewhere in Los Angeles, LeBron James just felt a sharp pain in his side. One of the stands <laughs> has bet against him. Um. So that leaves, so Austin's pick is the sole Lakers. He has the Lakers winning in seven. Yes. Um, so out east, we've got the Celtics versus the Heat. 
I have Celtics in seven because I do think the NBA is going to do their best to extend this one. Look, I'm not, I don't like Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. His heroics have been admirable. I don't think he by himself can get over this Celtics team. So this isn't indicative of anything, but I've obviously watched YouTube videos and I've been giving a lot of polls. Who's having the best playoff series? Whose games was the most impressive? And Jimmy Butler wins all of those by a very wide margin in all of those votes. I will will agree. I think he has had the best individual playoff run this season. But... The Boston Celtics are a very, very talented team. They are. They're a very talented defensive team. And a very talented offensive team. I just, I don't. As much as Jimmy Butler has put on a show this playoffs, who else is going to show up? That's the question. If it's just Jimmy, I don't think Jimmy can beat the Celtics by himself. Not in seven games. So you have Celtics in seven? I have Celtics in seven. Okay. So I said that the winner of game seven heavily skewed where I was leaning. And if it was the 76ers going against Miami, I would have picked the Heat like 10 times out of 10. I think something you don't give the heat enough credit for is that they make games really, really like mucky and grimy. And you just, you're just battling. Essentially you're just battling and it's a war of attrition. And a lot of times Miami does come out on top. That's just the reality of it. I think it's not the hustle player of the year though. I agree with your assessment. I I do think Jimmy is going to, if there was a playoffs MVP, I think Jimmy is going to be a a winner of that. But I don't think they get through Boston. I think the Boston has too much guns. I think that when Miami's bench is out there, Boston is going to be able to extend leads and create leads and come back from deficits. I don't even give them seven. I think Boston's going to win in five or six. I'd note when you just said Boston has too many guns, Demetrius was trying to get traded to the Celtics. Like, right when you said that, he was like, oh, man, that's where I need to be. Um, but this one is, maybe it'll bite us, but this is the one we were all um, unanimous on. Austin has the Celtics and six. Correct. So um, I think that overall... If Jokic can get past the Lakers and win a title, I will stop calling him Stat Paddington. You shouldn't be calling him that anyway. We went over this on Sunday. <laughs> you can you can say you can say I shouldn't. I am Stat Paddington is a better, you know, potential trademark name than Demetrius for you. Demetrius I, I is real name. <laughs> exactly, that is real name. Dang straight. All right. Okay. Um, is there anything else tonight? I'm not sure. 
if I'm not mistaken, the games start to. Do they start tonight mm-hmm. or tomorrow? The games start tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. We are recording on Monday, May fifteenth. We are hoping to release yep. tomorrow morning. Tuesday, Lakers August game one. Um, if that doesn't happen, like know that we recorded this before the first games of the conference finals. So, yes, things may change that make what we just said already look stupid, but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Um, I'm just saying, if the Lakers, if I'm wrong and the Lakers do overtake the Nuggets, I, I got I got the, something for your, uh, your, your pseudo-MVP. If the Lakers, I'm just going to say this now, if the Lakers beat the Nuggets, the Lakers are winning the championship. Even against, even if it's against Boston? I think that if LeBron makes it to the finals at 38 years old, this man is going to have to be like put in a back to tank for like seven months because he is going to destroy his body, but he's also going to destroy the Celtics. Wow. I, I think that your opinion that Jimmy Butler should be playoff MVP will be put to the side. If LeBron makes it to the NBA Finals this season, we hmm. are going to see a LeBron that we haven't seen since the Miami Heat days. You think he's going to give it all for that, Murray? I think he's going to go all in, because this would be... What other superstar, as the leading player of their team, has led their team? I guess Dirk. How old was Dirk their last ring? Uh, Why is Austin not here? He's the Mavs fan. <laughs> but LeBron at 38 leading his team to a ring as the deciding player. 33. Yeah, never mind. Then. <laughs> but this is... So, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this back then. Is this not, as far as careers go, is this not the most impressive career you have seen. You can say MJ's dominance during his oh, absolutely. You know, two three peats. I, I think that LeBron hands down has the best career. That's I don't think that's negotiable. LeBron has had the best career of all time. Does that make him the best player? That's where I get into discussions about it because I don't necessarily think it does. I'm just just want to put that out there. Yeah, yeah. No, I think even if you hate LeBron, like hate LeBron, the man's 38 and is currently in the conference finals and is still putting up insane numbers. Yeah, it's it's impressive. No matter how you look at it. Now, granted, like Kobe in his last game, I think dropped 60. Like that's what I'm kind of talking about. Is like. But that's a singular game. LeBron but, has consistent. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like, this is very likely. And again, betting against LeBron is not smart, apparently. But this is probably LeBron's last run. This is probably LeBron's last run. I'm going to say it again. I don't. I don't know if I can confidently say that. I can semi-confidently say that. I, don't, I really don't know if I can confidently say that. So, let's assume 
that this is potentially LeBron's last run. Okay. Like, put it on a whiteboard. You can wipe it away later. This is LeBron's last run. <laughs> okay. The last dance. It is... Like, if he wins this, I don't think he has anything left to prove. I don't think he has anything left to prove right now, as is, but... I think he has... I don't... As... In terms of like the greatest of all time conversation, I think that this would put for most people him on that top pedestal. I don't know about that. I think I think it's gonna be no matter what LeBron's does, even if he wins the next whatever three straight. I don't think it's gonna happen, but even if he wins the next three straight rings, I think that. The people in MJ's camp are going to be the people in MJ's camp, and the people in LeBron's camp is going to be the people in LeBron's camp. I think it. I think they're that divisive. I don't know. I think as time passes, it'll be much more easier to have those conversations. But granted, I was watching a, I think it was a Facebook reel earlier of this guy going around a gym, asking teenage kids, "Oh." If I say the nickname Mello, who do you think of? And every single one of them said Lamello. Every single one of them. So Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. So in a few years when LeBron is, you know, he he's ridden off into the sunset and we're talking about Jason Tatum and Luca, people won't think of LeBron. <laughs> At least not in the new generation, because unless you've seen these players like with your own two eyes, they don't have the same impact on you. I don't know. I think LeBron, like MJ, is going to be one of those players who transcends time. I don't, know. I don't even know if MJ does because a lot he of... Does? You know who MJ No, but they don't appreciate what he was doing. That's like there's a difference between like, oh, he won a lot, and then you look at the box scores and you're like, oh, LeBron scores more than that. Well, yeah, but... MJ played in a low-scoring period. <laughs> like, unless you've watched both of them, and not just their highlights, unless you've, like, sat down and, like, gone through, like, the video on demand and, like, watched MJ, like, you don't appreciate how dominant he was. And I think that a lot of younger kids these days never have done that. They just... They've grown up with LeBron James being the face of the NBA, and the greatest of all time, and they don't appreciate, like, what came before. Like, we never saw Magic Johnson or Larry Bird, but thankfully we have an appreciation of basketball to have gone back and seen that, and we know how great those players were. Oscar Robertson, like, I don't think kids today are doing that because it's not as exciting to go watch a guy dream shake in the post for 20 seconds before he throws up a hook shot it's a lot more fun to watch crossover 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 fadeaway three and that's what the kids are watching so like they don't see michael jordan doing the fancy passes they don't see him breaking out tiktok dances every day like i think lebron james is I don't want to say overrated, but that's what it is. Because, again, he's absolutely in that conversation of greatest of all time. But when you have a generation of Zoomers who 
don't ha or have a disconnect from history we're seeing a lot more of lebron's positives and not comparing it to mj's positives if that makes sense it does in my head i got you um but yeah so i think that's all the time we have it's this okay. is a lot longer than i thought it was going to be okay um Follow us on all the socials. You should know them by now. If you don't, it's uh, No Reserves Radio at or at No Reserves Radio on all the social platforms. Austin is still in the process of getting them back up and rolling. We are on Instagram, Twitter, I think TikTok. I don't, I don't know think why, so. I, I won't I put don't. TikTok on my phone. I don't think TikTok, um, and I, I wouldn't either. Facebook. I think it's even on Facebook. Um, once Austin gets those up and running. I will also be on those um, doing the whole engagement thing. I don't know if Angelo will be. Angelo is basically Amish. She doesn't do technology. so Funny enough, Amish country is not that far from me. I, it was. You could have just shut up and not made my case for me. <laughs> um, so follow us on all those. Leave us a little review on here, a little four-star, five-star. Don't leave anything lower than that, please. Helps us with the algorithm. Boosts our engagement. Boosts our platform and gets us out to more people so more people can rage at our terrible takes. But that's all the time we got. We will see you all on Sunday this week. So it's only going to be a few days until you get to hear us yell at each other. Because once we get to Thursday and start recording for or Friday, once we get to Friday and start recording this week's episode, that's when we're going to do a deep dive into our predictions and how we think those series are going to go, and we'll have a little bit more on some of these other stories we talked about tonight as more news comes out. I'm sure by the end of this week, Demetrius is going to, like, I don't know, drive a tank down the streets of Memphis or something. I don't... There will be something. See you all then.